everybody, and welcome to Chits and Chat. This is Kaz Gable. And I'm Alex Cruzy. And today we are off to the high seas to negotiate uh, some treasure. Not to <laughs> negotiate treasure, I guess. Pirates don't really <laughs> haggle for their spoils. They just take them. So we're off <laughs> to the high seas to take some treasure and battle We some request ships. that you die and we get your <laughs> gold. Here's our opening. Here's our opening request. You die, and we get your stuff. They're not going for it. Um, yeah, right. I don't know if I even mentioned the name of the game yet. The game we're talking about today is Port Royal. Uh, this is a game that came out in 2014. It is two to five players, uh, but it's listed about 20 to 50 minute playtime in uh, BGG. Um, I, uh, you know, based on our two player plays. I would say that 20 minutes is, is about right, so I'd imagine um, 50 minutes is pretty close for the higher player counts. It's a pretty light game, so I feel like you could play this pretty quickly, especially if you're experienced with it. It's listed at 8+, which I would I would agree with. It's uh, definitely a game kids can play, but um, uh, adults can enjoy it too, as they say. Weight is 1.62, and it was designed by Alexander Pfister, art by Clemens Franz, and Atanas Lozanski. That is a cool first name. Atanas. Atanas. <laughs> Polish, published by Pegasus Spiel and many more, but the one that I've seen or seen around is the Pegasus Spiel one. Is that the one you have? That's the one I have, although occasionally I'll see the uh, Steve Jackson version out there. Oh, right. Steve Jackson got his grubby little mitts on this game, I forgot. <laughs> He's got, he gets his grubby little mitts on lots of little games like this. <clears throat> Whether or not you are into Steve Jackson games, I guess. I, I didn't mean that to offend. I'm sure his mitts are very clean. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yes, this is a game of uh, pressing your luck. Uh, it's kind of got some similar or similar characteristics to some games we talked about recently, but it is very different and it, and it is its own thing. So let's talk about how you play it, and then we can talk about our feelings about it. Okay. Uh, it's just an entire deck of cards. That's all that's in it. Uh, what you're going to do is you're going to shuffle up all those cards. You're going to... The, these are double-sided cards in the fact that the back of the card has a coin on it, uh, similar to some other games. So everyone's going to get dealt three face-down cards. It doesn't matter what's on them. They don't look at these cards. These are just their money. So there are three face-down cards <coughs> to act as three coins. So everyone starts with three coins. Uh, and then the deck is placed in the center of the board. Uh, there is also a, another special card uh, for if you're playing a five-player game. There's an extra expedition that is set out that is automatically out there. Uh, but it, if you are not playing with a five-player game, that card is left out of the entire deck. Um, if you're playing with a five-player game, it's still not in the deck. It's just set aside in the expedition area. Uh, essentially, what's going to happen is it's a push-your-luck type of game, similar to what is the other one we did? It is breezing by my mind. Oh, um, uh, Circus Flicati. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where you're, there's an active player. They're going to draw cards until they decide to stop or until they zonk. Uh, and then they get to, if they didn't zonk, they can take a card, possibly more. Uh, and then it goes to all the passive players, uh, and then they have an opportunity to take one card from the line that's there. Uh, and then after that, after everyone has had a, had a chance, all the cards that are out there will go away into the discard pile, and then the next player down the line will be the active player, and it loops over and over again. Uh, as the active player draws cards, there are basically four different types of cards, although there's little variation between each of the categories, uh, but the main ones are there are ships. Uh, these are colored ships. There are five different colors, yellow, blue, green, red, and black. Uh, they basically are... 
if, if you ever decide to stop and take a ship, they will offer you gold varying between one, two, three, or four pieces of eight uh, that you can do. Uh, they're good if you need money to add to your stock. That is how you're going to get money. Uh, it is possible to get money in other ways, but that's the main source of getting income. Uh, you can uh, kind of decide, ooh, you know what? I don't want that ship there because every ship has little swords on it uh, that indicate how many swords you need, and you will collect swords possibly throughout the game that you can repel these ships. So if if you're pulling out a red ship and you're like, oh, gosh, I don't like that red ship being there, and for, I'll get to the reasons why you might like it there, uh, you can go, ooh, I can repel it with one sword. I have one sword in my tableau. I'm going to repel that because I, I, don't, I don't like it being there. Uh, but essentially, if at any point in time you ever draw two like-colored ships, so if you had two red ships out in the in the display area, the line that you are making, uh, then you zonk. You you you're done. All the sh all the cards that are out there go into the discard pile, and no one gets anything. Most likely, pretty much everything I'm saying has a little bit of a caveat because a lot of the cards can <laughs> kind of screw yep. with things most uh, of the time. <laughs> Uh, although, if you do draw one of the same color and the card you just drew uh, has a repel cost that you can afford, then you can repel it and you don't zonk and you can keep going. So that is that is kind of how those ships work. Uh, I mentioned there are five colors. If at any point in time you have four different colored ships, instead of just taking one card from the line when you are at the point where you're taking cards, you can take two cards from the line. And if you get all five colors in the display line without zonking uh, and you are at the point where you're going to take cards you can take three cards so the more you push your luck the more um, loot you get to take um, that that those are ships that's basically how they work the other types of cards which kind of interact with them in a way most of the time are the basically the people the workers the the other types of civilians that are uh, roaming around and there are tons of these they basically give you ways to uh, kind of tweak the rules a little bit or give you extra spoils or give you the ability to repel those ships um, essentially there are I'm gonna run through these really quickly there are traders that get you extra money when you take ships there are settlers captains and priests that give you special symbols that will allow you to eventually get expedition cards which I will get to in a bit uh, there's also jack of trades which also allows you to get uh, those expedition cards. There are sailors and pirates that have the swords on them. Sailors have one uh, set of swords. Pirates have two sets of swords. There are mademoiselles, which allow you to purchase uh, other cards for one cheaper. Jesters allow you to get money, even if there's nothing out there to be taken. Uh, admirals allow you to take an extra two coins if there's enough cards in the display. And governors allow you to take an additional card when it's your turn to take a card. Uh, th those are basically all the things that you can do. In order to get these cards, there is a price listed below them. So you're going to have to spend money to get them. And the price will vary even among the different characteristics because each of these cards also has a point point value on it, usually ranging somewhere between one and three points. Uh, so you, the goal of this game is to get, I believe it's 12 points. Uh, once someone reaches 12 points or more, uh, the final round will start and uh, everything will kind of wrap up. But basically you're trying to kind of 
build your strategy around the different things that you can afford and whatever plan you're trying to do. So maybe you're getting a bunch of swords so you can repel a lot of stuff so that you can get a bunch of different colored ships out. Or maybe you're just trying to make everybody zonk all the time so you take the one where if there's nothing to take at that point in time, you get a coin. So if someone zonks, even though there's nothing there and no one gets anything, you still get a coin. So you're going to be making bank all the time. Or maybe you're just focusing on expeditions, which I will get to now. Expeditions are cards that when they pop out, they will move off to the side. They don't stay on the line. They're just basically little kind of set types of things that you're trying to do. So if an expedition may say, oh, you need two anchors and a log cabin. Uh, and those are on the settlers, captains, priests, and jacks of trades. If you can, if you have that in your tableau, you can spend those. They go away. Uh, but then you get that expedition, which tends to be worth more points and also gets you a little bit of coin to go with it as well. So the, it's, it's a set collection thing. If you can build up just the right... Uh, members in the set you can kind of boost your score and get a few extra uh, points but it is a little bit more of a long game strategy uh, and it sometimes the things that you need to complete those different sets just don't come out uh, i mentioned there are four types of cards and i've already covered ships people and expeditions the last one are the tax increases cards there are a few of these in the deck once they pop out they also don't stay in the line uh, but it kind of temporary pauses the game for a moment and everybody checks how many coins they have in their stack if anyone has 12 or more coins in their stack they immediately lose half of their coins you it's just you're being taxed so you lose half your coins uh, and then uh, one or possibly more players will get one additional coin uh, usually based on either whether who has the most swords or who has the fewest amount of victory points at the time uh, and if there's a tie then all players get the extra coin uh, and by that, I mean all players who are tied get the extra coin. Uh, and that's pretty much everything. You just keep going round and round, uh, pulling out cards, possibly zonking, increasing your tableau of people and amount of money that you have. Uh, the other things to note is that when it's the uh, after the active player has taken their cards, as I mentioned, the passive player uh have turns to take cards if they are taking a card as a passive player they owe the active player a single coin uh, for the benefit of being able to take something uh, so for example if you wanted to take a ship that had three coins on it as a passive player you can take it uh, you'd get three coins but you'd have to pay one of those three coins to the active player for just the benefit of doing it. If you were trying to buy a uh, person that cost three coins, you would have to pay four coins total, three of them to go in the discard, and one of them will go to the active player. So it just makes it just a little bit more expensive. So that you can, usually as you're playing this game, you're usually deciding as the active player, ooh, God, maybe I should put out some more cards so that maybe I can get some coins from other people. Uh, or maybe I should stop because I don't, I, I know they can afford what's going out here. Maybe I want to zonk because if they get that, that's going to be detrimental. So the whole time you're always paying attention uh, to what other people are doing. Uh, and as I mentioned, uh, as soon as someone gets to 12 points, that will end the game. Uh, but I think goes around on it's an equal number of uh, active rounds so equal turns for everybody uh, so as soon as it gets to the last player in the round uh, the game ends uh, and whoever has the most points wins yeah port royal is uh, it sounds more complicated than it is i guess with all the cards 
yeah. and the inter- interplay of the cards. Because, I mean, this is this is a press-your-luck game, but it also is a light engine builder as well. So that's really where it feels like, oh my gosh, there's so much going on. But really, the flow is, and the, the gameplay itself is very, very easy to jump into and pick up really quickly, especially if you've played any other games. <clears throat> but even for new players, I think it's pretty clear... Um, once the game's laid on the table, what what to do and what you're going for and how things work. Um, the iconolo- iconology on this is really, really well done. It's very clear. It's simple, but they didn't mess it up by making it too artsy or something <laughs> and confusing. Um, everything looks good. The art on the cards are good. It's got kind of like a hand-drawn painted or uh, like a hand-drawn and then color-filled in style. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the presentation of the game is very clear and easy to approach. The this is interesting. I don't know. I was trying to think of Port Royal. I mean, there's some there's some interesting comparisons to like Circus Flocati in the fact that you, uh, you know, if if the the cards in the tableau are available on the other player's turn to draw from, um, but the fact that you bust on this, uh, the way you bust on this, and the way the cards work as the engine building, you actually kind of feel like you want people that like several times you want people to draw more just so you have better options or have uh, a, um, uh, a clearer selection to choose from or more variability to choose from. And so there's an interesting dynamic of of wanting someone to bust, but also wanting them to, to not bust and draw enough cards to give you a good selection. But then as a drawing player, to keep that in mind, you kind of have to keep that in mind too because of the engine building. It's not just points you're giving them. It's maybe giving them the, the exact card they've been waiting for. <laughs> and so if you see that card out, then you're like, well, well then I'm going to try to bust because <laughs> I'm either going to take that card or I'm going to actively try to just tank this or something. So busting becomes part of like something you might want to do at times. So it kind of turns that in its head in, in a small way and it, it makes it very unique in the Press Your Luck games that I've played at least. Yeah, and in fact... One of the games that we played, I we we played together. We uh, I actually had to I had to push my luck. There was a one of the I think like a cross showed up, and I'm like, yeah, he can afford that. If he gets that, <laughs> that's basically gonna crush it. So I what my strategy was, I kept pushing my luck not to bust. Although I think I would have been fine if I busted. I was actually trying to get four different colored ships so that oh, I could right. draw yeah, yeah. a card to get extra money so that I could afford the card that he wanted to buy, and I just amazingly pulled it off it was yeah, i it was got so lucky i pulled out like another blue ship i'm like that's exactly what i needed and i was able to that made my fourth thing so i could draw two cards so i drew one of the cards to get some money got the thing and then i was able to fill out the expedition and like it changed the point down i think i had like it was like yeah, 10 points it. to like three points after that i'm like all right now i feel better you, you caught up quite quickly i, I, I though. almost like, got you I almost you got almost got, got me. i was i'm like i was at the time just like oh i've got this this game is mine and then and then you got like another six points because you were able to get what you needed later i'm like oh god this is way closer than i thought it would be <laughs> yeah that was a really fun one that was really like chew your fingernails type of game and i think that one came down to two where you how did that one end i think you had it and i i if i could have i was close enough to make a play if the cards worked out but they just didn't fall the way i i uh i wanted to so i just barely eked it or you barely eked it out or i barely I did, did eke just it out, I barely eke it out i think there was uh you were looking for just uh something that you could afford that it would have given you i think like three points and you might have had a chance at doing it but you you just didn't have the money for it so i think you yeah. were in a similar position where you needed to get coins and be able to buy something and you just didn't couldn't pull it off on your last turn yeah it was that was a, that was a really fun one though um well okay so let's let's lead a jump off that though because one of the um 
I was doing some reading after we played, and one of the com- not complaints, but one of the things that people said is a, is a, something considered about this game, or something this game doesn't have, is a catch up mechanism. So obviously, in that one, I felt like there were still many options, and with the engine building, you kind of um, can create your own catch up mechanism. In your plays, have you experienced like two, a runaway leader issue over a period of plays, or is that been something that you've noticed, or really not at all? I mean, I, I think it's definitely happened a few times where someone's kind of been left behind. Uh, I think that usually just happens uh, in the in the larger games where one person can kind of just never get just the right things. Uh, sure. In a two-player game, I, you don't really feel it as much. I, I know there definitely have been games where someone's kind of falling behind in one way or another. But depending on how you're building out your, your tableau of characters, uh, it's... It, it really depends. It's sometimes it's just the way you're building it is like the way I've built it is is built on these certain things coming out of the deck. Or I've built mine like I tend to try and build mine where uh, if I zonk, I get a lot of money. I think I had one game where I had two uh, two jesters, and so every time I zonked, I got two coins, and so right. it was working really well. But you just had a very good strategy where you were going for the expeditions, and that was working out really well for you, and you were able to just kind of zoom ahead of me, because the things that were coming out were matching your strategy better than the things that were coming out to match my strategy. And so sure, yeah. it's just, sometimes it's just the way the deck comes out, and you can't really say, oh, well, there should be a catch-up mechanism. No, it's, it's really more of how, what kind of strategies are you looking for when this comes out are you going maybe you're going heavy swords and you're like i can repel whatever ship i need to and i'm building my points off of these swords plus uh, because i can repel so many ships i usually take extra uh cards and so not only do i get bonus stuff pretty much every turn i have a very it's less of a push your luck and more of a you know push your you know slight risk aversion just because it's like ah i i have a lot of control over the deck and so it, it, it really, it sometimes it's, I don't think it's so much of you need a catch up mechanism. I think it's sometimes the deck just doesn't go your way. And I think yeah. that's kind of the way I see it. I can definitely see other people going, wow, there should be something where I can catch up. If you're falling behind, it's probably because you were, had a bad strategy to begin with. Yeah. And that, I think that's fair. I, that's kind of how I feel too. Like, and I, I, it's, it's, um, there's so many options for, how to create your engine and which is kind of goes to the really nice replayability of this game that I I kind of agree with that. I feel like it's a light enough game where, and it's press your luck where sometimes cards just don't go your way. Cards come out and they don't go your way. And sometimes um, your, like you said, your strategy might just be like, you're trying to do a new strategy. (laughs) That's not working, but there's also enough cards that come out that can really change your engine um, drastically if you pick them up like the governor or like the jester and or you know a variety of them honestly that can just suddenly give you an edge um yes and the game's short but it's also long enough that you can you can build some like mid game you can definitely readjust and build momentum again to kind of get back in mix so yeah i, I definitely would agree with that at least in our two player just kind of curious yeah. what your experience with higher player count so what would you say is it, like what player counts have you played with and what would you say is kind of the sweet spot I mean, I've played with all the different, you know, player counts, two to five. Um, it's it's really hard to say what the sweet spot is. I enjoy two. Uh, I think the the range of players kind of changes the the strengths of some of the cards. So, for example, the jesters tend to work really well in larger player games because oh, then sure. there's more chances. People are more willing to risk and zonk, or there's more chances where the cards that 
just get taken out of the pile. So when it comes to you, there's just nothing there. There was a lot of cards, but they all got taken by all the other players. And so when it comes to you, there's nothing to take. So you still get coins. Even if there's not a zonk, you can still get money off of that stuff. So the kind right. of how what how the powerfulness of some of these cards changes depending on the player count. Some cards are stronger in a five-player game, and some cards are stronger in a two-player game. And so that's kind of something I like about this is that the, the way the cards uh, – you know, exude themselves in this game depend greatly on how many people are playing. I enjoy a two-player game. I think, personally, I prefer this as, like, a four-player game. Five is perfectly fine, but, it you know, it, it's just right at that point where it's like, you know, maybe it's making the game a little bit too long. Uh, so I think I, I prefer it at four. I'd be fine with three. It's still quite good as two. Uh, five just, I think, might be pushing it a little bit much. But I still, I can still enjoy it. If someone, if I, if I was at a party with five people and like, let's play this, I definitely wouldn't go. Yeah, I don't think it's great for that. It's, it still works perfectly fine. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I can, I can see this being really fun with a higher player count for sure. Um, yeah, let's see what else. I think this game scores. Uh, like we kind of just mentioned it, but just to reiterate it, the, the replay value of this game, it was some, kind of surprised me. Like a lot of Pusher Lux games are, they're really fun and I like Pusher Lux game, Pusher Luck games. And so I'm always up for them. Um, but you know, some are less or more one note than others. And I was really surprised at this one. I thought this would be a lot lighter than it is or feeling, but it is a light game, but I definitely don't think you'd call this a filler game uh, or it's kind of like oh, on the no. fence there. I say, I think it's, it's, I wouldn't call it a filler. Yeah, I mean, it, there's enough strategy here that it kind of just just a little past that filler. It's definitely a light game. It's not necessarily a filler game or a light um, medium, I guess you could say, game. But um, so, yeah, I, the replay value, too, is really interesting. Like, both the plays that we did, you know, like I said, I went for Expeditions the first time. And that these, of course, the first times I've played. And then the second time, I can't remember what strategy I was doing, but I was going for a different one. And then there's just so many options to intertwine uh, cards and, and uh, what, are the, what are the characters called that you can pick up? They have a name specifically, like hire, that you can hire. Is it like, uh, I think they just call them persons. Persons, okay. <laughs> they, they each have their own specific names. <laughs> really? I was just looking, I'm like, Phone what on. are they? And it's like 60 persons in the deck. I'm like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, well, <laughs> the persons that you can hire, um, they, they, the actions that they do are really interestingly designed and they're not overcomplicated, but they have interesting interplay with each other. And you can really um, uh, create some cool combinations that are, that are surprising that, that you wouldn't expect. And so I feel like each time you play this, there's probably going to be something that sort of manifests itself. That's going to be different than, than something before that might be worth checking out or if not experimenting with for the fun of the game. So I was pretty surprised about how the high replayability is for such a small little game. Um, so really high marks for that. And the other thing, too, is like like uh, like a really good game. This is another one where you are engaged even when it's not your turn. And obviously it's because you can pick from the tableau if there still is a tableau when it comes around to you. But um, that, that, that aspect of it just felt a little bit even more uh, like there's more engagement, not just like with Circus Fulcati that you can grab a card that you might need, but also that you can, you're obviously you're thinking of your engine the whole time. And so you're kind of tracking because you're paying attention to the tableau as it goes around the table, what other people are doing. Of course, you can see what they have in front of them too. 
but um, also you're sort of processing how you're going to uh, incorporate different things to your engine in different ways. And so that's also going to change how your engine works depending if the card you wanted got taken. And so now you've got to readjust and consider taking the tableau or drawing. It, it, it's such a really cool mechanism that keeps everyone engaged the whole time. That being said, at the same time, it also allows for a lot of table talk. So you, it's light enough to allow for that. So I was really just an overall impressed with this game for a game that you can play with group of people, have a really satisfying engine building experience, and the fun highs and lows of Press Your Luck, while also um, kind of getting into the uh, little bit of table trash talk, or, or at least, if nothing else, talk in, in the game. So pretty, pretty impressed with Port Royal. Um, all right, let's see. Anything else we want to say before we get into the, the nitty-gritty of who it's for, who it's not for? And the more important, whether your mom would like this I, game. I will mention that there are two expansions to this game. Oh, right, I have, yes. I have one of them. Uh, the other, and to be honest, both of these expansions are harder to find. Uh, they're not quite that easy. I've seen the first one, which is called uh, Just One More Contract. That one I have. Uh, I've seen it occasionally around, uh, but still, it's it's pretty hard to find. I uh, like this one. It adds a, uh, contracts. It gives everybody little cubes to say, I've completed this contract. It kind of gives you little goals. The contracts have things like, oh, if you can get these people hired into your crew, uh, then you've completed this goal. If you're The sooner you complete a goal compared to everybody else, you'll get some additional money. Uh, and the more contracts you complete, you'll get some extra victory points. So your second uh, contract you complete gets you a victory point. Your third contract, which is the most you can do, uh, will get you an additional two victory points. So completing contracts gives you some extra things and also gives you kind of like, a, all right, I, normally I wouldn't buy this character, but because there's a contract for it, I'm going to do it. It's going to get me some extra coins so that maybe I can do other things. Uh, it also has a few extra different cards in there. Uh, there are a few other uh, persons that you can get. Uh, one of the persons uh, gets you extra cards after you take certain colored ships. Uh, another one gets you coins uh, for every additional ship past the first ship that are in the trade row on your turn. Another one gets you extra coins if there's exactly three or four cards in the, the trade row. Uh, and there's another one, a new type of ship, one for every single color, uh, where when you take coins, you'll get three coins, but also you'll give a fourth coin to a player of your choice. So it's making kind of giving a, a free lottery to to the person. That's kind of the, the, a catch-up mechanism. If you thought there was a catch-up mechanism imbalance in there, I guess that kind of adds to that because chances are you're going to give it to the person that you think is furthest behind. Uh, you're not going to give uh, an additional benefit to someone who's a ahead unless you're crazy. Uh, so <laughs> that that kind of if you're if you're feeling like there might be a catch-up mechanism, maybe you could just get that expansion uh, and add that. Or if you really wanted to you could probably play that whenever you get certain types of ships from the original game that is just part of it so that kind of adds to the catch-up mechanism if you if you really felt like it uh, and also just to, to note and i haven't played it this way uh, you i've played it the competitive way the expansion gives a cooperative way uh, so the contracts kind of make it a cooperative type of thing where you're trying to hit a certain point score everybody together um, that is how that works the third expansion which i've been desperately looking for but haven't found and i don't know exactly what it's called because it's in german and i don't i don't think it's had an english printing uh it's it makes it more of a um 
what's what's the what's the word for it? it's a campaign game type of a thing mm. where you're kind of all working together or I, I you might not be working together i'm sure i'm sure there's both a competitive and a cooperative variant. kind of turning it into what uh oh my goods kind of did where oh my goods the original game was very you know standalone but then the two expansions that came with it kind of made it more of a all right we're doing this now and then the next time you play now you're trying to do this and things have changed a little bit so now this is kind of the goal so that's that's what the third one does. I love to play it, but I, I can't find it anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so what, so, uh, oh, you, you don't know the name of that one? What you said? Uh, I do. It's in German. So if I did know it, I would horribly <laughs> mispronounce it. Um, All right. <laughs> but yeah, I know it sounds uh, like, well, obviously this is one of those games that is popular, very popular in Europe, but has not. Oh, uh, all right. In English, it is oh, called okay. the adventure begins. Oh, the prequel to the nondescript characters, or or, characters. or in German, Erst Wundrug, or something like that. <laughs> nice. All right. Yeah. So yeah. One, once again, another game that's very popular in Europe, and there's expansions floating about. But um, keep your eyes open if you if you uh, have the game. I don't know. This is definitely one that I'm glad because it wasn't there wasn't an English printing. Not that there needs to be. Um, there's not a lot of words on it, but there wasn't an English printing for a long time, right? Uh, I think, yeah, I think this may have been one of those games where it took a little while before it came out in English. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Okay. So there you go. You got options, you got expansions to continue this game if you really like it. Um, but let's talk about who it is for and who it's not for, who it's not for, uh, this hard, I'd kind of hard pressed to think of someone who really would not like this game, unless you're just really obviously someone who hates the mechanisms of push your luck. But this is definitely a push your luck game for quote unquote gamers where there's an engine building mechanism. There's a lot of replay playability and there's uh, a really good sense of accomplishment when you can make things or, you know, with the push your luck, of course, that play into the engine building. Just well, just well designed. It's a really solid design game. So I can't think of too many or anything really <laughs> that would sour someone um, completely on this game. Yeah, so, I think if, if you are looking for something lighter on the lighter end, this might be just yeah. a tid much more heavier than you're you're wanting in your game. So I think that would probably be the the splitting point for someone. Yeah, that, that's true. That's a good point. Um, who it's for, of course, is just kind of everybody. Uh, the The game is well designed. I think you could probably plop this, plop this down at any game group, and people would find it really interesting and intriguing, if not really love it. And so broadly applicable, I think, to most people. And the fact that the mechanisms and the interplay of the game is fairly straightforward. I do think this this is easily one you could bring to your family with kids of a certain age and have a lot of fun playing with. I think this is one that I'd like to try to play with my son specifically. He is seven, so he's one year younger than the eight cutoff, but I think he'd get it and uh, and have a fun time with it. So, um, yeah, pretty broadly, pretty broadly uh, accessible game in general. Um, let's see. Would your mom like it? This is an interesting one. I feel like your mom would like it, but I'm trying to debate if it's just a little too much engine building for your mom's taste. And so I'm going to say a maybe, <laughs> definitely in the maybe section of, uh, I'm going to say a maybe, I'm going to say maybe no, only because I feel like, um, as you get further in the game, there's more, there's less of the. Uh, uh, or there's more of the engine that you need to focus on as it progresses. What do you think? How close? How close am I? Yeah, 
I, I think you're dead on with this one. It, it has some mechanisms that my mom would enjoy. The push your luck element she would definitely love. Of you know, and also having kind of like cheering someone on or kind of negging someone as they're drawing their cards, going no 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 no, you you want to keep going, don't stop there, keep going. Or it's just like no no no, you want to stop there because a card there I want to purchase. Don't so stop, please stop. Don't 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 do it. So, uh, th- I can definitely see her enjoying those moments, but knowing which cards are probably the best ones to get at the time and whether or not she should spend her money on it or save her money for maybe something better in the future, those are the kind of times of decisions where I think she might just get a little bit bogged down and she wouldn't be enjoying the game as much as she would if it was a bit more just the the other things that i mentioned in the game so i think i i'm also kind of saying i'm gonna go maybe no there might be maybe all the pusher luck elements would outweigh it but i think this is definitely closer to the no end than it would be towards the yes end yeah all right sweet i got one right all right um all right let's see what am i missed am i missing anything take it out take it out god every time the main focus of our show (laughs) Maybe we should start with that before we do just, anything else. Even before really we should. give the title, we should start with that. <laughs> what? What do we do this for again? Um, all right. Yeah, taking it out. Okay, so Port Royal, of course, is a game in cards. And as any game in cards where they're being played to the table, there's going to be a lot of stuff out. But there's also going to be a lot of um, ways to play this or uh, orient this on the table. So when you're taking it out, you're going to have in the center the central tableau. Uh, that's why it's called the central tableau. Not the off the stable or off the side tableau or under the table tableau. Um, the central tableau is going to be obviously where the main action happens. Um, so next to that, or, or the focus, or the main, um, I guess, cornerstone of that is going to be the draw deck, of course. Then there will be a discard pile somewhere next to the draw deck. Um, but as a push your luck game does, the central tableau is going to grow and shrink depending on if someone busts or how the turn goes, or of course how many cards are available for people to draw from. So just in the middle of the table, there's going to be cards coming out and falling back. Um, what would you say is the most that the tableau, like the biggest the tableau has been in your plays? Like, I don't know, <sighs> 10 cards? That seems pretty big. Poss- I would say 10 cards. I think one of the games we played, I was just trying to draw cards, not to get something, but to get taxes yeah, to happen so that you'd true. get screwed. <laughs> it uh, and so eventually far. did work out. It took two turns doing it, but... I mean, it, I can definitely see it getting up to 10 occasionally, but usually I'd say the most you'll usually see is about seven tends to be where people tend to stop. They're feeling a bit risky. Or yeah. usually something will show up that they want. Right, yeah, and that's at the high end. So, so, um, so anyway, yeah, and these are European style playing cards, so they're smaller than you know typical American playing cards. Um, so yeah, you're kind of have have that grow and shrink in the middle of the table. In front of you, oh, actually, never, I should take that back. Uh, the other thing that's going to be in the middle of the table are expedition cards. If they come up, they're set aside and they are available to um, purchase if you can meet the criteria of the expedition icons. Um, so those are always kind of floating, or those are floating about. And d- how many there are are going to depend on the game and how many come up. But um, I don't know. There's usually like a, a couple, two to six maybe on an average scale. I think there's a total of, of six if you're playing with a five-player game. So, ah, I mean, usually so it's <laughs> like there's usually about three out there because yeah. either they're they're stuck in someone's hand as money uh, or someone's being started to purchase them. So they, they it usually kind of hovers around three, I'd say. Yeah, okay. Um, and so those are just out. Those will be, be out in the middle of the table. Um, in front of you, you're going to have your hand of cards, and then you're going to have your growing personal tableau, and that will be any expedition cards you've purchased, any uh, persons that you have hired, <laughs> any, um, 
Uh, let's see what else would be there. That'd be, I guess that'd be pretty much it. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much it. So there's just going to be a growing um, set of cards in front of you, and that's not going to get too crazy big, and they can be stacked because the icons, especially for the persons, are just on the top of what they actually do. You don't really need to pay attention necessarily to um, uh, the lower part, but if you have the same card, you can stack them easily or, or in general just stack them. So you can uh, shrink that to be more compact as well. And that's pretty much it. So I definitely think this game would probably pass a pizza test if you just have the central tableau slightly off-center and uh, scandalous. I know, it's the central tableau, not the off-central tableau. But um, you could definitely get this game played on a, not I would say not like a cafe high top, but like a small-ish a small -ish table with a few people and still have food in the middle for everyone to grab from if they wanted to. Um, it's definitely one of those ones where you can kind of move it around to fit whatever you're table situation is so i think i think it works really well actually for taking out despite having a, a lot of cards in play yeah um any experiences that you had taking out that good or bad that might uh, you, you want to add to the i think to that? every time i've taken this out it's worked quite well um i've we, i think we, like, the last time i remember taking it out we were there was a as as we call it all the lunches where we just kind of go around to all the different <laughs> bars and wine bars and things like that and uh, the, uh, near the end of the night, I tend to win most of the games just because everyone's so inebriated. Because I'm the only, I'm the only time I've ever, it. only time I've ever won Boggle with my wife. <laughs> I have to get my wife wasted to win Boggle. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's the only way I can do it. Uh, but yeah, it it plays really well. I, I, I mean, it fits really nicely, especially if you're just doing drinks. It's uh, it fits really nicely on pretty much any table that you're going to be drinking at. Uh, if the more people you have. The chances are the bigger the table you're going to be sitting at. So it works really nicely uh, to, for a, a takeout game. Uh, I've, I've done it multiple times. Yeah, I could totally see that. So, yeah, high marks. High marks for taking out for sure. Um, let's see. I and Really, uh, we talked about this before, but once again, the vibe of taking it out is just great. It's just, it's just a really fun game to interact with, and it creates a fun atmosphere uh, within the player group as well. So just it's just really good. Honestly, it's, it's probably one of the perfect ideas of a takeout game and, and interplay with players interplay with the game and access or ease of use and getting it to a table when you're taking it out. So high marks all around for Port Royal. Really, really cool little game. Good job, Mr. Fister. You did another one. You did it well. <laughs> yes. Congratulations. Um, all right. Well, that will uh, do it guys. That is Port Royal. Definitely a recommend for us. Go check it out. Um, I don't have a slogan today, but I did think of a little rhyme when we were playing, when we were talking. Let's see if I can remember what I thought of. Um, okay, hold on, give me one second. <laughs> It'll come back to me. Um, okay, for Port Royal, not to spoil, wrap it in tinfoil. There we go, guys. If you if you worried oh about bacteria growth on your Port Royal, wrap it in tinfoil and put it in the fridge. Like most of my games, <laughs> that's where all my games are, are in the refrigerator. Wrapped in various coverings based on the rhyme of their name. Okay, guys, you can get a hold of us in a couple different ways. Of course, Twitter and Instagram uh, at Chits and Chat. You can also go to our podcast hosting page, eavesdrop.com, and scroll down to the Chits and Chat page and fill out our comment form there. We would love to hear from you. Uh, but until next time, we hope you guys are all getting some games played and getting out and about and all that things are opening up. And hopefully you can actually take these games to bars. Oh, my God. It's so foreign now. <laughs> but it's it's happening. It's really happening, everyone. We're getting back to it. So uh, hopefully you're able to do that. And thank you again. And we will catch you all on the next episode. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>